0: What's happening, municipals? This is big, Chris. We have to talk about Matchstick Golf. If you're a listener of the pod, you know by now that Matchstick Golf is our favorite golf ball marker designer, and it's a local company based here in Portland, Oregon. This company was founded by our buddy, Dane Delgado, who was sick of giant, heavy pog slammers being used as ball markers, when he was golfing. Matchstick markers are about the size of a quarter. Each design is unique. Right now, Matchstick is offering 15% off your first order at matchstickgolf.com with the code MUNICIPALS. So head on over to matchstickgolf.com, enter MUNICIPALS at checkout, and tell them your boy sent you. Up next you'll be listening to part two of our wonderful conversation with award-winning and New York Times best-selling author Tom Coyne. Please enjoy.
1: How hard did you push it till I black out? Yes.
0: Numerous times, yes. One thing I wanted to ask you, so uh, with writing the trilogy, a course, called Scotland, Ireland and now America, um, what are the things you have seen and done in Scotland, and Ireland that would make golf better in America?
1: Oh, uh, yes. Um, yeah, you travel around there. You always find things or pick up things that you're like, oh, I wish we did this at home. So one, we've talked about a lot. The notion of visitor golf and visitor tee times. That's good. And a lot of the courses when you get a visitor tee time, like say it like Makrahanish, you don't get a visitor tee time so much. You become a member for a day. So you have access to the, to the bar and the locker room and all that. So it's really, that's super cool. Uh, member for a day. So I, I like that. Number one. Um, pace of play. I like very much. Uh, they really do get on with it um the walking nature of golf over there um nobody there are very few golf carts um it's still like and i was reminded of this on my trip in ireland um recently because as the murray's were getting sore and couldn't get that we couldn't get their massages um there was more requests for i'd really like to ride today and fair enough i you know i totally understood that and was hope trying to accommodate it and it wasn't always that easy um, because it's still very much a walking golf culture over there. Um, so I like that. We could do more of that. It's interesting. It's not... Nobody carries their bag. It's all trolleys, as they say, uh, which we would call push carts. Um, so it's all... Everyone's got a trolley, sometimes often motorized. And so they have like big tour bags. So because... So they can stuff all their rain gear in them. I, that's what I think. Like they carry a lot of stuff. Like my Irish and Scottish friends. When I play with them, like if I need something, I'm pretty sure it's in their golf bag. Whether it be a sandwich, um, a, a woolly hat, an umbrella, a new pair of shoes, it's it's probably probably have it on them because they have the. And I have and I have nothing in my bag because I always carry right. So I keep it like super light. And um, anyway, so they push and uh, and I like that. You know so they're the the trolley culture over there is strong it's quite strong pace of play what else it's just a little simpler the whole the whole thing just has a vibe to it um where it's not um it's 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 you know you're out just to to have some fun Um, try and score some points because they play a lot more Stableford, which I think would also be good for us to do, use a point system. Um, And, you know, they're – and afterward, um, it's, you know, it's just a nice – it's not a big deal to go – like a lot of times I I feel like going to the club – getting dressed up, uh, not getting dressed up and making sure you're dressed appropriately. Um, you know, that there's sometimes going to not, not my club necessarily, but a lot of clubs in the Philadelphia section, you can, it's a little bit of a scene and it's a big day out, you know, and it's a thing. And, um, and that's cool because you want to golf to feel special, but I don't know, like when you roll up and there's kids on the putting green wearing a soccer jersey and in jeans, I'm just like, you know what? It's cool. We're just going to go play a game today and, uh, chill out and have fun. And it's, it's, I don't know. I don't need to feel like I'm, uh, I'm going to see the queen. So, uh, yeah. that's good too. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can be a sloppy dresser and play over there as well.
2: Yeah. Well, as someone who it's I'm interesting, your shirts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 grew up in a, I grew up in Atlanta, which is obviously far more liberal than, than people realize, but, uh, I say three or four years ago when I lived there I I was playing with a buddy at a private club and uh, I have like sleeve tattoos I've got a lot of tattoos but very Mm -hmm. visible ones and you're playing golf Um, and I was playing with him and they let me in and I was chipping and putting and I saw someone like you know the head pro like running down and he was like um, he just comes up to me and in a very pointed way goes so who are you a guest of? and it was just this feeling of like I've been at the place for five minutes and I was like yeah. I just don't feel welcome here. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not that,
2: that feeling of, like, you're saying the opposite of member of a day, right? It's like, hey, I guess you're going to play here today. We're, you know, but like immediately I hit two chip shots and I was like, you get kind of feel like that tingling in your toes of oh, like, totally. Mm, you know, like when a policeman pulls you over and you're like, oh, no, was I speeding? So my buddy's like, how are you? And I didn't tell him, but I was just like, all day, I was just kind of like, I don't love that. So, yeah, any place, you know, again, it can be private, but when there's kids in soccer jerseys, just come as you are and enjoy yourself for the day. No, no you don't belong here, but you're certainly welcome. I think the welcome is as is, is much a thing as anybody or as anything. You know? I think
1: that's what I'm after when I was trying to say all that is that it's the welcome right welcome. like some of these places do welcome okay but one thing we'd like to do in america is make you feel lucky that you're here and that's yes. and then if we do that you'll think we're awesome right yeah <laughs> so, and it works
0: the complete opposite we don't think it, you're yeah, awesome it
1: generally it generally it generally does i mean you can come away from it feeling like whoa that was so intimidating and it, i can't believe how cool that was and you brag to your friends about it but did you really have fun right and yeah. i think now your generation is going to at the end of the day it's just it's about fun so mm-hmm. did i have fun um, and that's yeah. and the welcome is a huge part of that so that idea of um, and that's why I like rave about Oakmont in the book, because of the private golf courses that I played um, in terms of like with a huge reputation and a golf course that had would have every right to sort of make you thumb there, like look down their nose at you mere visitor. And why are you here? Like they're the opposite. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah. maybe it's a Pittsburgh thing, but like I felt so comfortable. I've been there a few times since and just like, man, that's just a place where I feel like. They want you to come see how great their golf course is, they want you to shop your ass off in the shop, they want you to hang out, they want you to be comfortable in the locker room, um, you know, and, and it's just, it, it's a place that isn't trying to, like, show off and, and, and make you feel like you're, you're fortunate to be there, so, and, and there are other places yeah. like that, and, and when you find those, it's great, and when you find the opposite, it kind of sucks, so...
2: Well, I, I was laughing, you know, when you were mentioning, uh, I'm not going to make you comment because obviously you wrote the book, but I was laughing and you were at friars Head, right? I mean, that course sounded amazing, but the idea of, well, two things. One, I'm like you. Like, I like to, I probably too much fixate on, like, putting up a number, but, like, someone's like, someone tries to give me a six-footer, I'm like, even if myself, it's like, no, I, I want to put it. I want to know what I shot today. I don't want to, I yeah. shot 75, but you just gave me six footers all day.
1: right?
2: Um, so the idea of the no tees, that must've been a bit jarring. I've never played somewhere like that. Uh, but then the idea too of like, you have to let the caddies fix your ball marks. I was just like, <laughs> I mean, that just feels- I couldn't do it. That just feels, that, yeah. I, I, they would start snacking my hand mm-hmm. uh, to be like, stop. And I'm sure you had that experience too, because we're so ingrained to do certain things. And it's like, pick my tees and you fix my ball marks? Like, where the fuck am I? Yeah, right. right? it's like, oh, you're a fryer's head. <laughs>
1: And I'll tell you what, it's that Fryer set is so good, they could tell me that I'd have to let the caddy like hit the ball for me too, and I'd probably be like, "That's cool," because it's so damn good. Um, and Fryerset is such a unique experience, and so it's always that fine line of like, "Is this cool or is this?" Because uh, it's different, uh, or is this right. like, am, "Is this kind of like weird and messing up my messing up my day?" Um,
2: it sounded awesome. I mean, the way you wrote it, like yeah. I was like, "Fuck, I want to get out here." Like this sounds so weird, but this place sounds incredible.
1: It's one of the great, great, unique, awesome days in golf. But definitely a place you're not going to get any warm and fuzzies, you know, from hanging out there. But you know, the people, the people in the pro shop were fantastic, and 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 it was, you know, we were there unaccompanied, and and so like like, and the caddies were great and all that, um, but. And, and it's and it's it's so damn good like the golf holes are so so good um but it, you know that's a part in the book where i talk about like i'm making this like daily awkward bargain by like playing and loving these golf courses that probably most people that read the book are never going to have the chance chance yeah. to play and that's even saying that sounds elitist um regardless of the fact that uh that i was going to places that were very elite yeah. so it's it's a tricky thing and then it, but you know at the end of the day i was like you know what screw it i'm a golfer and i want to play good golf courses so well and it's also you know
0: called a course called america and yeah. Yeah. if you weren't yeah. showcasing every level of what is considered american golf it it wouldn't have been a complete you know a complete piece of work so I think you had to play the Friars Heads and then you had to play you know all those other tracks that you were able to get through on this uh journey because you know in the one thing the course that you fell in love with was not anywhere near friars Head you know right. at the end yeah, of no, the no no
1: no so, the, uh, yeah the great American golf course that I was looking for is not a uh like a friars head so and I think th- thank you chris i i and i I, I agree. I think and I think that's more than a convenient excuse for playing fancy places. I think also I want to take readers to places. Like when you'd say, oh, I shouldn't play places that my, the readers typically, like your average reader wouldn't go. But then again, there's actually – that's the reason you do go. Um, and this makes mm-hmm. sense self-serving, but – um don't you want to know what it's like to play at augusta or pine valley or, or friar's head okay. um like you know it, I, i'd like to know um you know um and damn it i'll 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 put myself out there and if i have to be the one i will do it for you, up you. As tribute, I, will, I do it for the kids man um i do it for you no and it's, so it is it's it's like a fine line of like uh, at the end of the day i'm damn fortunate and uh, i get to play some some pretty awesome places but that's um not not always my favorite days of golf or not the most important golf courses either um so uh, we talked about a lot of the places that are whether it be on a reservation or the great american golf course that isn't fancy at all so or the municipal golf courses that that you guys are, are telling people about so it's uh you know that's what it's about
0: so i got one more question before we we get off here with you all right so this is actually from our producer jack uh with all the courses that you came across throughout you know your entire journey and even over any time that you've played golf outside of you know writing for the book if money wasn't an option a name a few public tracks that you would renovate and who would you bring on to renovate them for you
1: Ah, okay um, so right now so one I already mentioned because I did grow up playing Cobbs Creek uh, from time to time uh, I, I mean we would I, I grew up playing at rolling green where I caddied but on Mondays or whatever there were times we would go over to Cobbs was down the road we called it Slobs Creek and because um, it was usually in pretty rough shape um, but its layout its design its bones its history that's number one um on my list and thankfully um uh gil hands and uh and and uh, with jim wagner are um are have done the plan that's who i'd want to do it guys in philly who get it and uh and they're doing it so that one's actually happening so that's cool um where else i would say um i have to remember like some of the uh okay all right um i would love for to get my hands on um ah uh, there's so like there's and so many different options
0: he does, because I'm trying it's
2: to think of, like... It's a tough question It's a tough question I know. Cold. I need
1: to research my... Because, um, I mean, there's all these courses, like, locally that are, like, popping into my head. Um, there's the golf course up by Catancet, um, called Marion, which is a, a little nine-hole public uh, in Marion, Massachusetts. They are... And I don't know if that... It's a George Thomas, and... Um, It's just the first i think it's the first thing he ever did before going out and doing you know riviera and um lacc and all that and that's a charmer and i and i don't know if it needs a lot but if um i guess you'd want jeff shackleford to get in there because he's the george thomas guy and scholar and uh and get to to, turn just to just to tidy that up a bit and uh and that could be that could be somewhere really special it's just a little rough around the edges it has like stone walls running through it and some really 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 cool stuff um and i'm trying to think any irish courses or scottish courses nah i can't touch those it's sacred um where else
2: so uh, while you're racking
0: that i will say for us a big one that we have been uh, talking about, and we we have a battle within, kind of a love hate with, is uh, Sharp Park. I would out thought you here. may
1: mention Sharp Park.
0: And
2: yeah. who? In well, for me, it's not a battle. It, like the, 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 this is this has been the issue, Tom. So it's like two weeks ago, I played there, and it just like offended me. Like it is in it. It's the putting The greens are like plinko. It's just it. It sucks. Like the wow, way it really? is right now is terrible, and it's gotten worse. So. Part of the debate we had, I mean, I just came on and I was pissed. As I was just saying, like, I just don't know. Like, a place like that, it and, and the problem for context is it's it's actually, even though it's in Pacifica, it's owned by the San Francisco Parks Department, which, yeah. from everything that we know, they really don't care about golf or making golf good. They just cash the checks and move on. Right. But a big thing there is I feel like so many people... Apologize for Sharp Park because it's like you walk on there and it's like oh see that McKenzie bunker it's like no I don't I mean no I mean I know in theory what this is I know in theory what this should be but the analogy I use on the podcast with Chris is it's like if if I take you if you come out and visit and you're like I want good sushi right what I'm not going to say is hey Tom just as context this sushi place every time I go the fish is not good we're probably not going to go there, right? There are other sushi restaurants. Yeah. And Sharp Park has gotten to the point where the pace of play is good, but the conditions are bad. The greens are abysmal. And I think going back to what I really appreciate about you so much and one of the reasons I love Chris so much, you can say a lot about the two of you. You guys clearly give a shit. And I just mm-hmm. don't – I struggle to be around people or involved in anything that's apathy, right? Just like, yeah, Whatever. Um, and I think the thing that I feel at Sharp Park and maybe it's the SF parks department, but I just don't want to keep banging the drum or more importantly filling the coffers of a place that's basically just telling me yeah. you don't care we're just gonna we're just gonna roll the ball out there today and you're gonna come back out. And so we had this debate you know I don't expect you to, to, to kind of have an opinion per se, but like I, I was like yo make it a park like just give it back to the community. I think it's gone. I mean unless someone is going to like they were allegedly gonna do, get $5 million and get Gill out there. Sure, sign me up for that. But that yeah. has supposed to be coming for 10 years. And at what point do I cut our losses and go to the other thousand amazing, like really good Bay Area courses and stop being like, well, it's got good bones. Like, well, does it? Because like half the holes are not the originals and the bunkers don't look good and there's some holes that suck and the greens are too small and they, they putt badly. And yeah, it's also weirdly like 57 bucks to play still, which is not actually that cheap which I don't like to be caught on a public podcast talking about shit, talking sharp Park, But what we also try to do is be honest to people. And if you're going to leave your family and stick six hours away from home, including travel time and all this stuff and go out there and not feel like you can have a competitive putt, well, again, where people like to hit cups. Yeah. Like I guess I shot 84 out there, <sighs> but I made like a 30 footer. And I just laughed as I went to get out of the hole. Is that fun? Not for me. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, yeah. good points. And I played Sharp Park. It gets a, it doesn't get it was one of those courses where I got a lot of information on my visit and I probably got <laughs> to the point in the book where I didn't have room for it all, so it's a quick. It gets a quick mention, and I think I talk a little bit about some of the initiatives to try and restore Mm -hmm. it. And because I did play with, I I played there with, um, and their names escape me. um, But some of the 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 gentlemen that are behind trying to raise some money, yeah, that, that are behind Save Sharp Park. So. I was there with Save Sharp Park, okay. and um, so well, this I got is amazing info
2: because because we were sitting here being like, "Well, where are they? Is it happening or is it not?" Yeah, so this has been happening for a long time.
1: What's interesting to hear that is, is 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 unfortunate because I was there in 2019, right? And I guess the effort to save Sharp Park is is still well, hopefully it's still ongoing. But it's I guess it wouldn't by what you're saying, it's not where they'd want it to be. Um, but my understanding is that they were constantly running up against the bureaucracy um of the fact that it's city owned um yeah. that the got that the city views and the people in the parks and recs and i'm not put i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but my sure, impression yeah. was that they viewed golf as elitist and and this ground should be a park and that it pro that oh. um that they <laughs> that mm-hmm. it won't so that the folks that are i think your instincts are correct The people that are in charge of it don't really give a damn about it and don't want it to be a golf course now the safe sharp park folks are doing their it sounds like they're doing their damnedest but it's tough it's 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 tough unless you do what happened i think at like at what happened at Cobb's creek was and it took them years to lobby city government but they got the lease away from the city um and they got like a hundred year lease for a dollar or something like that or and and you know that what i don't don't actually know what the specific deal was but they got the rights a contingent on restoring it and making a community place and making it affordable for philadelphians and all these things that would be good for the city but the city was just like we're not in the golf business we can't do this um and until someone in san francisco city government is motivated to say that uh, and do that and turn it over to the Save Sharp Park people who do know their stuff and 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 they do involved yeah. in it is the uh, oh Shit what's his name the guy from? Um, so Jason, Jason yeah, from, Jason. Yeah, yeah So he's great. He knows his stuff they get it seems like they've done a few little projects here and there a lot through the years but they're just never going to get the, the the go ahead to really to do the what they what they want yeah. to do um, the way that the uh, it's struck it's currently structured. Um, so I mean I think they they battled off. There was a point where it wasn't going to be a golf course anymore because of. They found a garter, a rare snake there or something. uh, A frog, right? There was was a a frog frog and something. So save Sharp Park, the golf. They were able to fight that off and keep it a golf course. And that's always frustrating to me. When people are like no we we want to protect the land so we we got to get the golf course off and i'm like no the golf the land's protected because it's a golf course yes. right when you turn it into like not a park or, or, or a park or something else that's when it gets shit gets really it starts to get messed up and then it becomes condos so like when it has it has value as this playing space there's a lesson that like david mcclay kid drove into me when he was talking about building lynx golf courses in scotland he's like you know they want to protect this scientifically sensitive area and i understand that but when you don't have golf course on it you know what they do with it they drive you, you drive cars through here farmers dump shit in here they fill it with garbage you know they they they, they you, you party out here you know um, no one's respecting the land you put a golf course on it people stop fucking with it and yeah. uh, so that's why I, I i like that way of looking at when you give the land purpose it you give it protection and um hopefully that's what happens at Char park and i think that's what i wrote about in the book is that if it does get its you purpose did. then you will protect it so uh we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens
0: it, but, it's been a battle that i've been following since 2016 at this point and when they first came on and jason with uh, state apparel joined in and started helping with it as well and it's it they brought Gil out there they had him do an entire surveillance of the course and you know he was able to see what they needed to do and and the little things that he thinks to bring it back wouldn't cost a lot either because it's really what's happened is maintenance has caused a lot of issues with the course. They've shrunk the greens to make it easier for them to maintain. They've taken mm-hmm. bunkers out that were originally McKenzie bunkers. So it was easier for them to mow the, these things that still exist there that have just been covered up that need to be re uncovered and, and exposed again. It, like you said, getting through the bureaucracy of San Francisco, And someone needs to get in and convince the city to be able to hand it over to somebody else or it's never going to go anywhere because the city has had so long to be able to do something with this course. I mean, it's it's been in the state that it is with the new holes on the other side of the road and everything after they were demolished by, you know, the water and the flood. It's been that way for 75 plus years at this point. And you know, my dad grew up in Pacifica. That was that was where where he was at until he was sixteen years old. And he said the course has been in that condition since he was fifteen years old, you know, 14, 15 years yeah. old. And yeah. it's crazy. My dad's sixty nine years old. So that just tells you how long it's been that bad. And we all we all, like Ashton said, make excuses for it because it's got a place in our heart. And anybody that grew up in the Bay Area anything alistair mckenzie we we will fight to the death to make sure that that stays in existence yeah. and so they there. ashton comes from atlanta i'm gonna roast him a little bit here they they're
2: it's not that i don't appreciate alistair mckenzie it's just like when you're putting on plinko shit on a saturday and you're like well it's got good bones it's like yeah okay i just ate that fish and just puked everywhere it, no, like
0: I, it, I just don't it's like that old car that you had in high school that made it all the way through college you're two years out of college and it's dying it's on its last leg but you just can't let it go that's kind of what sharp is to so many people that grew up in that area so it, it it's hard to let I it can't go tell if that's a great analogy
2: or like the worst analogy ever like i know what you mean but it's like yeah no I yeah I, and I know my perspective is different.
1: You're gonna t- it's gonna take someone in Parks and Rec is gonna have to be a golfer. That's yeah. just gonna have to happen. And if they're, cool. and until maybe that I happens, they should, should go try to get that dude, job. Dude go go, yeah, fight the power like go what, get yourself elected. You know it's it's gonna take something like that to be honest. Look what Tron you know. and them
0: did with uh, down and you know NLU did with uh, the course down in Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, Jacks Beach. Yeah, yep.
0: Jacks Beach. I mean. I think this would be a little bit tougher,
2: but no, I, I hear you. I, I, I'm going to give some, as as someone who's lit Sharp Park on fire a lot, I will do some homework on the SF Park stuff. But, Tom, I have there one last go. question to get you out of here. Okay. This is like a, something that's like deeply personal to me. Um, and I think for me, when you're kind of thinking about this podcast, you know, Chris, the way he is, he's this Mr. Golf Course, got 10,000 things. What really struck me, I think, when your book really hit me hard, the quote that I quoted you, about community and also the connection of my dad. So my dad's the one who got me into golf. There's pictures of me, you know, with a golf club in my hand where I can barely stand up. And I've had this really weird thing happen in my life where my dad, um, for context, my dad's like a two handicap now, great player, um, but has the putting yips and it's totally affected his ability to appreciate golf at all at this point. But with that in mind, when I was a kid up through, you know, college, My dad was always like, Hey, do you want to play? Hey, do you want to play? Hey, do you want to play? And generally my answer was no. I was like, nah, I'm good. Do you want to hit balls? No. Now in my late twenties, golf has become my obsession. And now I'm the one asking him, Hey, do you want to play? And he's now telling me no. Mm. And I think what's really, really struck me in your book is when you talk about your dad And watching your dad, you know, have to move up tees and be able to play less often. Like, my dad right now is in better shape than me. He's, you know, going to start trying to compete a little bit in the senior circuit and, you know, can hit it as far as anybody. But he doesn't have and hasn't had a golf pump for really as long as I can remember. And a big reason why is he would tell you, he hits it to six feet and misses the putt and it just kind of ruins it for him. And his buddies drag him out there. but. He doesn't really have a golf pump. And that's hard for me because, like, I'm trying to plan our abandoned trip. He's never Mm. been. And, like, I've asked him for six months, like, you know, give me a month. Give me a season. And he just – he's very, like – I can tell I'm not even sure he wants to go. And I don't really know what the question is. But talking in your book about how getting, you know, golfers together, it feels like our therapy about being able to say stuff – I just wanted to ask you just to like almost like talk about it with you because, you know, golf and your dad and I know for Chris, too. But I know your connection to your dad is so important. And like, I just want to spend, you know, my dad's young. My dad's 55 years old, but I want to spend his remaining years, my remaining years playing golf with him. And I know i live on the West Coast and he's on the East Coast. But right now it's like we're going to play once a year. And that just doesn't feel good enough to me for, you know, I'm playing 60, 70 times a year. And my dad's a two handicap and we can play once a year. And I just don't like it
1: yeah man um that wow that is a really unique situation because for your dad to be that good but not be dragging him out to play golf all the time is uh is unique but uh, god the yips right um yeah. I, can, I can understand that um and it's got to be frustrating to know what he can do what he's what he should be able to do and can't do it and that's that that that's a feeling that I've I felt in, like when I was doing paper tiger or whatever, I mean that sort yeah. of golf blues is a is a real thing. Um, so I, yeah. I can I can see that. Uh, but yeah, I mean you got you got to keep getting them out there because that those those experiences, um, you know, obviously the the America book, that's very much what it became about is my relationship with my dad. Yeah. And I wouldn't have that relationship. Like all of us who play golf um, and with dads who golf, we would not have the relationships that we have with our fathers if it weren't for golf. Because you just don't spend – maybe if you fish or if you do something else. But I'm a golfer yeah. and we're golfers. So I, I was able to spend a lot more time with my dad than I than I would have, travel a lot more with my dad than I would have. So um, you just got to keep dragging him out there. Has he tried uh, – I don't know. Has he tried the, the arm lock or –
2: yeah, he, he, he's doing, he's doing something with like the lab putter right now. He's, 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 I mean, I give him credit. He's trying. Okay. Um, but I, I guess it was just specific because I lived in SF Then I moved back home to Atlanta for a year, year and a half then moved back to SF when I was home, you know, it was during COVID because I was going to move out here right when COVID hit. And in my head, I was like, cool, I'm going to have three months live in my dad's basement and play a bunch of golf. And there was just like four or five times, you know, I was like, I'd wake up and I'm like, Hey, I don't have a meeting till one o'clock East coast. Let's go. I gotta, I gotta see time. And he just be like, he just look at me with this, just this blank look and go, I just don't want to man. And after like four or five times I stopped asking and it's very weird. Cause again, like it was always the opposite way around like my dad's like, Hey, I'm going to go hit balls. You want to come? And I'm like, nah. And he's like, yeah, you, you should. And now it's like, you know, like Again, it's like I want to go. He's never actually been international. I think he went to like Mexico once, but he's never been international at all. So he's never been to Ireland. Never been to Scotland. Has never been to Bandon. Has never been to like Sand Hills. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like such a, a tough thing for me. Where again, I'm like, hey. And actually, it was so sweet. My boss actually, when I quit my old job. He gave me a two thousand dollar gift card to Bandon. It It's like, hey, I want you to use this on the trip to Bandon with your dad. And I Facetime my dad, and I had tears in my eyes. And this was a year ago, you know. And it's like he still won't give me a, f- like you know, you know, like when someone's like doing it, it's like yeah, we'll see each other at some point, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like dad, I'm like dad. He's gonna me a season. Like yeah. I'll handle everything. It's largely paid for. And it's like yeah, there's just a lot going on. Like I'm talking about November of next year. Like you're not booked that far, so well I, don't know. I think the good I, I,
1: news is that when it clicks, if it's an arm lock or a long putter or something, and he starts making it and he starts rolling it, um golf is you know it's crack and and, and it'll come back it it's it and that feeling of like ooh, I can do this again um is. I don't know. I have a feeling that it'll pull them back in and it can happen and it can just it's like a snap It can just happen right where it's like ooh I like that and I want to keep doing that and then and then it's and then once you open those floodgates It's a torrent, you know, and that's I've had times when I've quit like after doing paper tiger I stopped it was just like I gave enough of my life to golf and and I'll never be that good again and blah 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 and, and or different periods in my life where um, where I just said you know I'm not gonna be as good as I was and I don't want to play anymore and then you hit and then it's just you have a round where you're like ooh I like that I, I, I liked how yeah. that felt so yeah just keep pushing them it'll happen
2: and and selfishly I mean I'm a six handicap who's broken par and I've never beaten my dad
1: well, yeah, well, you got a 29-year-old
2: kid, six handicap, broken par, and I've never beaten him. Don't. Dad, don't
1: take that satisfaction away from me, Dad. That's no. not right.
0: So, one, so one, good, one good thing is, so him and his buddy Johnny used to do this 30-year, um, like, uh, event called the Ross, where they would play a different Donald Ross course every year. Um, and hold this annual tournament that they would do. So we got this great idea that we were going to kind of copy what they what they did, and we created this thing called the Modern Golden Age Invitational. So basically we're going to rotate every year from now on uh, through Gil Hance, Tom Doak, and uh, Corin Crenshaw courses. So nice. our first year we're going to do Soul Park down in down in southern california just because mm-hmm. when we were at rustic we we came out soul park and i think all of us just fell in love with it that were on the trip um it was just one of our favorite courses even though it wasn't a full you know you know build by him it was a renovation the things that you i mean you feel hands in that um in that place when you go out there and play it mm-hmm so that's one thing I'm very excited. We did get his dad to agree to to come out and play. And we're going to have him and his buddy Johnny, who both are you know near-scratch scratch golfers, come out. We're going to do a Ryder Cup-style tournament, uh, 32 people deep. Uh, and then uh, me and his dad are going to be the captain of one team. And then Ashton and his dad's buddy Johnny are going to be the captains of the other team. So...
2: That sounds awesome. That'll get get him back into
0: it. Like a pass the torch kind of yeah.
2: thing. And then I'm hoping and then I'm hoping next fall I can get him to band in so it's like Yeah. Are you seeing, man? You know. Yeah, exactly. Are you
0: seeing? Yeah. You know.
1: No, nah, that's a good that's gonna be a really good start, dude. It sounds like an awesome time.
0: So we're yeah. we're gonna Love definitely it. send you an invite. No pressure if Love you it. can come or not, but we're gonna send them out to all our buddies that No Up and so we're we're hoping to get a great crowd out there. Um, and some good people. Um, I think Matt Cardis is going to come out there and, and hang out with everybody as well. So awesome. it's going to be a good time.
1: Let me know. I'd love to do
0: it. We absolutely awesome. will.
1: All right.
2: Speaking of that, Tom, thank you for spending ninety minutes with us. This was uh, a pleasure, and Absolutely. just it's so lovely to meet you. And thank you for sharing all your stories, guys.
1: It was a lot of fun. I love what you're doing, and uh, keep in touch. And yes. next thing, we just got to play some golf.
0: Yes, sir. Anytime you're on the West Sounds Coast, like we'll make it happen. So just hit us up, and, and we'll be there.
1: All right, man. Be well. All right. Awesome. Take care, right, Tom. You, Tom. Take care. We'll see you.